Epic Gumdrop, sweeter than a stocking filled with meeple. This week we're tackling Christmas. Hello, Jeff. Hey, James. <laughs> we are going to uh, jump on Christmas's back and wrestle it to the ground. So if you're looking for a gift, we have a bunch of suggestions. We're going to put these in weird categories. Yeah. Uh, so there's this is going to be two episodes. I think the first one here is going to be more us picking odd episodes and finding really mm-hmm. great games from the past, mostly the past year uh, to talk about. And um, we'll do another episode that'll be more of a top 40. So we'll right. go through just, you know, evergreen games that are really great as mm-hmm. gifts and a little bit maybe somewhat more practical. These might be, it's hard to say who you're going to get these for. So, you know. These like, are, I guess, more the outside the boxy. Some of them. Yeah. Um, or inside the box. It just depends how you want to. I mean, they're all inside a box. That's exactly. Come. Okay. <laughs> but so when we were, yeah, when we thought of doing this buying games for gifts episode, um, it seemed like a great idea. But then <laughs> yes. you just start surfing the internet and going crazy because it is. Yeah, I don't know if you're so aware. I think um, about 1.4 trillion games were released last year. It's is a that lot. There's a lot of expansions, but yeah, there's yeah. just so many wonderful games to choose from. Um, so. I guess we'll start out the whole thing just by taking a look at the idea of like why and how would you buy a game for someone? I mean, you might be a hardcore gamer, but maybe not. So, you know, it's a dangerous proposition to buy a game because uh, you can leave the person totally bewildered. Thank you, I Mm -hmm. guess. Uh, We recently acquired a copy of the Game of Thrones second edition that a couple had clearly received as a gift. Uh, It wasn't punched. And... uh, I think a kindly relative said, hey, they really like that Game of Thrones TV show. Let's get them this game here at the bookstore. And uh, I don't think they understood what the game was about. And I, the people who got it, we got it along with a copy of Munchkin and uh, some Carcassonne uh, reskin. So I, I don't think it fit into their game collection very well. No. Um, good for us, yeah. But yes. bad for them as a gift. It wasn't a great one. So I thought, why would you buy a game for someone? Mm-hmm. Um, so, James, why would you buy a game for someone? Well, because you know they love games. That's a good reason. That's a good reason. Uh, because you think they'll love games. That's a okay reason. Because you want to make them love games. That's the best reason? Mm. Maybe. Hopefully. Because you want to play games with them regardless of whether or not they like them? Yeah. Or I- because you hate someone and you're buying them a game to make a social or political point. There's a multitude of I reasons. I hadn't thought of spite as a reason to buy someone very a game. Very well could be. You know, you could go, your racist uncle, just get him freedom, the Underground Railroad. <laughs> you just, there's a, there's a many points you can make with games, I think. You know, as, uh, as our American listeners are just coming off Thanksgiving, mm. they might have just added a game, <laughs> list, a game to the list right there. <laughs> then I thought, how do you buy a game for somebody? Um, you can buy them games you know and love. Mm-hmm. I guess more like, how do you choose? You can right. buy, buy them anywhere. But how do you choose a game? Uh, you get them one you know and love. You can get them a game you haven't played, but you really want to play with the person you're buying for. You think they're going to love this, and yeah. so will I, and we should play together, and it'll be awesome. Um, you can buy a game that they really want. You can buy whatever is on the end cap display at the big box store. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can buy what the specialist, specialist at the friendly local game store suggested based on your criteria. You know, They only like things with hospitals. They only like stuff with murder. And... Uh, like, oh, luckily we've got Murder Hospital right here. Done. By the way, I would play a children's hospital board game. That would be you entertaining. Know? Yes, yeah. now that I think of it. <laughs> <laughs> that That's waiting to happen. Yep. Um, 
And uh, or you could just buy the big, you know, the cheapest game in the biggest box. Right. I want it to look impressive when wrapped, but I don't want to spend money on it. Exactly. Yes. Look, it's a collector's edition of Scrabble. And, uh, uh, yes, I want a Twilight Imperium sized <laughs> box, but I'm, uh, you know, love letters price tag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so our objective here was to help you give a gift that has its shrink wrap immediately removed and not just set aside with a pile of socks and spatulas, and to ensure that your gift not only makes someone happy but gives. Um, them and hopefully you memories uh, right. and to ensure your gift does not result in civil dispute, police involvement or restraining orders. So we had noble ambitions like, with I this I feel like list. that last one's more on them than us, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be um, like maybe that's a Christmas tradition. Maybe right? it is. we don't know. We don't want to ruin that. That's true. Assault and battery. Yes. And drunken disorder based on because of the game. Like you invite the cops in for eggnog because they're there every year. I could see that as a. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We bought them resistance and now they really think they're secret agents and <laughs> yes. now they're going to jail. Oh. So, yeah, I think we'll, uh, as before we start this, we'll assume your recipient likes games. Right. Maybe they're not a hardcore gamer, but they've enjoyed a few of the things that you've exposed them to. Uh, we'll also assume that you're currently on speaking terms with them. That's important. And uh, we'll base our list on that criteria. Okay. Have we played all of these games, Jeff? No. No. Uh, we tried to pick games that are both fairly new and reasonably popular. Um, we didn't pick them out of a hat. We picked stuff. We watched a lot of reviews and, you know, we gave it serious thought and picked stuff that we actually thought looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we picked them actually out of a toque, if you yes. know. That was our... So, yeah, it, we broke them into some interesting categories. Yes, so, you have some uh, some inspired categories here. So you want to uh, hit the first game in our category of uh, games for the evolutionary biologist. Well, I think the first one is an obvious... Uh, it's evolution. Yes. Yes. I mean, what kind of evolutionary biologist worth their salt has not played evolution? Uh, this is a game for two to four players. It takes about 50 to 70 minutes to play. And here's the blurb in evolution. Players adapt their species in a dynamic ecosystem where food is scarce and predators lurk traits like hard shell and horns will protect your species from carnivores while a long neck will help them to get food. Others cannot reach. With over 4,000 ways to evolve your species, every game becomes a different adventure. Evolution packs a surprising amount of variety for a game with simple rules. The variety comes from the synergies between the trait cards and from the different personalities at the table. Some players thrive on creating carnivores to wreak havoc on their fellow players. Others prefer to stay protected and mind their own business. Evolution encourages both playstyles by giving each of them multiple paths to victory. And it's the mix of play styles at the table that ultimately determines the ecosystem in which the players are adapting. So gather your friends and see who can best adapt to the changing world around them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen this game. I wasn't so sure about it when it first came out, but the reception's been pretty strong. Uh, people seem to really like the ability to choose different strategies and see how they play out. Yeah, we uh, talked about this early on yeah. with this game. and. I think we both, yeah, I wasn't, I was even less on board, I think, than you were. But yeah, probably. I think seeing the reaction to it, it mm-hmm. people seem to really enjoy it. The concept, I like the concept of the ever-changing game table. Yeah. Where, where based on other players' decisions, it affects your decisions. That's a, that's a proven mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense. I think they just added an expansion for flight or something. Mm-hmm recently so yes it's yeah it's a game that's going somewhere and yeah hopefully keeps adding new i mean that sounds like a lot of different possibilities in this game yes which is partly that replayability is important Mm -hmm. um 
And uh, for links to any of these, by the way, uh, yeah, well, check our website, breakingdads.com. 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 I'll have a little uh, show note for each of these, and you can click on the link to Board Game Geek mm-hmm. to find out more information. Because we're, I mean, we're talking pretty high level stuff here, but there's v- yeah. reviews on all of these games. Yep. Um, and the next one up, following the evolutionary biologist theme, is Neanderthal. It's 40,000. 43,000, sorry. Yes. 43,000 BC in Ice Age Europe, the dawn of modern man. In Neanderthal, you are one of three human species, archaic, Neanderthal, or Cro-Magnon. Assign your males to hunt Pleistocene megafauna, but try to avoid being eaten by predators. Assign your women for teaching your children vocabulary, leading to cognitive fluidity in the next generation and to a tribalistic culture. Specialize your elders for fire, war, big game, inventions, or animal domestications. Choose between three mating strategies, promiscuous, harems, or pair bonding. Victory depends on which strategy you choose and may include your hunters, elders, women, vocabulary, trophies, inventions, or domesticated animals. Now, I uh, passed this on to a friend of mine who he did his doctorate in anthropology. Yeah. To see, I was like, hey, well, I more was to say, hey, you might like this as he is a board gamer. And he immediately started criticizing. He's like, well, and I was like, okay, well, so there might be some. So he didn't get that it was a game. Wow. That it's not, it's not teaching the history of human evolution. Well, here's the thing. The game purports to actually be very accurate. Mm. Um, about half the rule book or a big chunk of the rule book is citing sources. And right. so it really went for accuracy. Mm-hmm. And I think he might've had some criticism about language or something, but Right. At any rate, I think they they tried their best to do uh, a very accurate job about how like this is almost what I thought evolution would yeah, be. This is, I guess, like evolution, but with one specific species as opposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with science. Yes. And um, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like it. I, again, I'm not sure the age rating I right. would use. And, you know, this is one to three players, 60 to 120 minutes very variable but um you know given that you're most of it is about the mating strategies mm-hmm. might not be great if unless you want to explain that to children <laughs> like i don't think it's so maybe not the greatest for that but it does sound like if you want to play something that's sciencey and yeah. attempts to be accurate this sounds really intriguing mm-hmm. uh, a playthrough i watched of it. it it i don't know i was fascinated it looks complex yeah, it's uh, it definitely seems like an interesting game. I do agree. Uh, the idea of playing with children and having them say, well, what mating strategy did you and daddy pick? Yeah. It's probably not like... <laughs> Pair bonding, yeah. obviously. Yeah, no, it's exactly. I don't know. But there are so many other themes. Yes. Um, because, uh, you know, you might not want to buy for the evolutionary biologist in your life or you might not believe in that at all. So. Yeah, maybe the evolutionary biologist in your life was naughty and it's just getting coal. Yeah, right. Exactly. We don't know you is what we're trying to say. <laughs> we know all of you. No. Uh, for the traveler. Yeah. Let's let's talk about a few games that are going to uh, maybe tickle a fancy of those people. Absolutely. For the world traveler in your life, get them. <laughs> the Voyages of Marco Polo. Not literally. No, no. This is a board game. Right. It's uh, for two to four players. It takes 40 to 100 minutes. And I'll give you the blurb. In 1271, 17-year-old Marco Polo started on a journey to China with his father and older brother. After a long and grueling journey that led through Jerusalem and Mesopotamia and over the Silk Road, they reached the court of Kublai Khan in 1275. The voyages of Marco Polo in the voyages of... Uh, let, me, uh, let me try reading. Rewind. <clears throat> 
in the voyages of Marco Polo, players recreate their journey, this journey, with each player having a different character and a special power in the game. The game is played over five rounds. Each round, the player rolls their five personal dice and can perform one action each turn with them. The five main actions are shown on the bottom part of the board. You can get resources with dice, uh, get resources one of two options, earn money, purchase orders that will spend the game trying to f- which you will spend the game trying to fulfill, or travel. After five rounds, the game ends with players receiving victory points for arriving in Beijing, fulfilling the most orders, and having reached the cities on secret city cards that each player gets at the start of the game. These points are added to the victory points gained during the game. Now, I have to admit, I'm, I've ordered this and I'm waiting for it. Yes. So I'm, I'm very excited to play this. This is a... Uh, so um, the only thing that gets me is, uh, why is Silk Road in quotation marks... I guess it's not an official name of the road, but it's a nickname for it, the road. Maybe. Yes, it threw me when it's I was trying reading. trying to not be offensive. The other question I have is, um, why do you keep giving me blurbs to read when you know I can't read past a fifth grade level? I'm sorry, Jeff. This is like, <laughs> for, obviously. For the picture book lover in your life. <laughs> my, my eyes and my mouth were not matching up on this one. There's a, wor- a picture of Spot the Dog, and Spot the Dog yes. is playing a board game, and I don't get it. Um yeah, this is so. This is definitely uh, like a Euro. Yeah, yeah, it's a heavier game, um, but I, I guess reviews uh, have it um, that even gamers that don't typically enjoy Euro games are pretty enthusiastic about this one. So I guess it's a light Euro. It seems like it. Yeah, I mean, it has those nice you know Euro mechanics. Mm-hmm. It has dice. Uh, there's a little bit of chance thrown in for resources, and you're fulfilling purchase orders, which mm-hmm. made me think of uh, Spiegerstadt. Mm-hmm. Um, like games that are you know not super it's just enough sophistication in the decisions right. that you have to make that it kind of confounds everyone yeah it's uh, that that combination of luck and decisions yeah i don't know if the 40 to 100 minutes is just that you're going to get one player with analysis paralysis who's going to take the extra 60 minutes or yeah. if it scales by player i'm not it sure it probably scales by player and then more players just your decisions get more complicated i think so yes or they have me playing in which case it's you know like yes 487 minute <laughs> gameplay um, that's never happened no never. every time we played never but yeah it has it has a lot of the things i want but also i like when these uh in you know travel or historical themes are they don't it feels integral it doesn't feel just hacked mm-hmm. on or it doesn't feel kind of i don't know sometimes they just don't feel right right i don't know how to say that i think exactly like you it said just it just doesn't feel, feel right, right. Yes. yeah this one kind of did yeah well, I'm I'm hopeful for it. Yeah, the next one we have played though. Yes, uh, La Granja, um, one to four players, ninety to one hundred twenty minute gameplay, and uh, I'll give the blurb and then give our thoughts on yes. it. Yes, in La Granja, players control small farms by the Alpic Pond near the village of Esporles on the island of Mallorca. Over time, the players develop their farms and deliver goods to the village. Players are vying to earn the title La Granja for their country estate. Over the course of six game rounds, players will expand their farm by adding fields, farm extensions, market burrows, and helpers. They will earn VP, VPs by delivering goods to the village or a sporal. It is important to observe the actions of the other players, manipulate turn order, and add, adjust your strategy based on the dice and cards. It's a fascinating game that requires careful planning. Timing and speed is crucial. However, successful players must cope with the uncertainty of events during the game. The player who's earned the most victory points at the end of the game is the winner and the new owner of the La Granja estate. Um, this game packs so much into yeah. a tiny little box. Like, 
looking at it, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's your typical Euro size box, but mm-hmm. it's tiny little game boards and so many, like there's so much going on on it. At first I was just like, oh, this there's, is going to uh, hurt. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. They did a great job giving you all the information you need when you need it. Yeah. But it's uh, because of the way it's all put together, it's hard to figure out what it means at first. And then and then you play you and play. it becomes very obvious. And then that second play, you're just like, yeah, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It's so convenient. And yeah, I really like this game. It is a brain burner for sure. It is. This is a this is not a uh, oh, I'll do this then. It's, it's so it, many choices. Yes. And they're so, they're all, and they're not all wrong and they're not all right. No. And what was a great decision last game could be a terrible decision this game. I'm nowhere near figuring out optimal gameplay on that. Yes. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to get so many plays trying out the different mm-hmm. strategies. Do I want more donkeys? Do I want this? Do I want, yeah, it's. Your pronunciation is better than mine, though, because I would definitely call it Lagrangia. I I would it up, anglicize it. I, I would no anglicize idea. it big time. Yeah, there was uh, argument. I think it's yes. uh, there's multiple. Yeah, because it's yeah, it depends. Because people are like, well, in that that region, they would right. pronounce it with a more of a you know. So I don't know, Lagrangia, Lagrangia. Like I, I'm butchering it. No matter Ranger. what I say. <laughs> yeah, I'll just I'll just spit L A G R. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, so that is, uh, I definitely can recommend that. It's well, like, it's definitely a game where after you've played it, you go, okay, yeah, no, they made it right. Like, that's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It had that, uh, and it's another one that we played around the same time, Kalos. Mm-hmm. It had that kind of just, there was nothing about it that felt wrong. You played through yeah. and you're like, oh, I like all but, but these But they mechanics. both had that that uh okay wait what are we trying to yeah like how do we set this up how do we like there's a bit of a learning curve on the the physicality of it yeah but once you get past that you're golden yeah yeah so i think a lot of replay uh, mm-hmm. a lot of decisions and if that excites you and you're uh, looking for a a lovely destination far and away then that would be a good game to play yes um but then uh you know not everybody's gonna go on holidays some people are gonna stay home and just be sad and lonely Yes. And if you are lonely, we've got the games for you. Yeah. Uh, so um, here's a few solo games for the person that likes Solitaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are two games by the same designer, uh, Shady Torbay. Eh? Did I get that right? Shady Torbay. Well, that's not, that's not how you said the pronunciation guide you've written for Shady. me here. I didn't... <laughs> you, you, yeah, even the pronunciation... No, it's, forget it. Even with the pronunciation we, guide, we I will still butcher. Don't. Uh, we will. <laughs> uh, like I said, Shadi Torbay. I, I only got that because I watched an interview with him. Well, there you go. And he didn't correct the interviewer, so you never know. It yes, be, that's it true. could still be wrong. He was that's just true. polite. Uh, well, let's get into these because I, 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 I love these games. And they're both from the same, yes. from the Oniverse. Yes. So they're, they're definitely related and the art is beautiful. But let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with uh, Sylvian. Uh, which is for one player or two in co-op mode, but you, know, you don't play co-op mode. No. It's way better. It's one player. 30-minute gameplay, which I think is, um, if you play slow, you, 30 minutes. So here's the description. Uh, they're going to sound weird, but stay with us, I promise. <laughs> the mad fire elemental lord is out to burn down the dream forest, attacking in waves using fire elementals. Your only defenses are trees and fountains and those animals brave enough to offer aid before scurrying away to safety. 
using a unique drafting system and combining it with a tower defense game, you will be able to keep will you be able to keep your forest green? Sylvian is a tower defense type game in which attacks come down four rows in waves. You build a deck using a unique drafting process and play cards from your hand by playing with other by paying with other cards in your hand. You can play cards to the rows like fountains and trees or play animals for instant effects to manipulate the enemy decks of cards. When all the waves have finished, you must have kept the heart of Sylvian verdant or else the whole forest of the Omniverse Ani, Oniverse, will be destroyed. This game can be played in an introductory style, advanced mode, and includes two expansions and an appendix for further challenges and complexity. complexity. I give you a, that was a very redundant description. Yes, no, I, I noticed that halfway you, could through. Could you say it five times? I'm sorry about that. No, it's all right. But yeah, I think. I think uh, we really want to get home that there's a unique drafting system. And it's a tower, and a tower defense. defense game. You know, that was what attracted, well, beyond the mm-hmm. art. I, the first time I saw this game, I thought, oh, oh it's wow. gorgeous. It's one of those very few games that yeah. just, even I judged a book by its cover. Yeah. And, and went, then oh. you open up the box and it gets better because it's the best packaging. It is a in gift terms of presentation. Yes. Like if you had to give this as a gift to someone, it's great because uh it does have that sort of uh oh that's cool. Oh, that's cooler. And then you play the game and the game's even better yeah. than uh, the package it comes in. It's a very beautiful box of chocolates. Yes. It's so good. My only thought on this game is how is this not an app? Right. Like this is a just beautiful solitary experience yeah. um, that you have to physically take a box out and set things up on the table, which there's, there's some joy in that. Yeah. There's nice with the physicality. It takes a little real estate with the uh, mm-hmm. laying out, you know, in that, those rows, but it's not too bad. No, it's like playing a game of solitaire. It's like playing cards. a game of solitaire. It's, I, I would, if I would much rather, if I was stuck on a desert Island, I'd rather have by myself, I'd rather have this than a deck of cards. Yeah. This is pretty. <laughs> it is. It's pretty. And it's, there's more um, variety to it with the expansions that it comes with and the way you can play it. I like the idea of tower defense in a game. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was after I saw the, the beautiful art and I was like, oh, I'm sold. Then I read tower yeah. defense and I was like, I need to, yeah. I like that idea. And it just makes sense as far as gameplay goes. Like it's, it takes a little bit to understand the rules and what the cards do. Um, and um, in one of the expansions, they do something I hate, which is to, you have to recognize the card art and know what the card does. There's right. no sort of key for what it does on yeah. it. And I, that's one complaint, but that's one expansion. Yeah. All the rest of the cards have reminders on them that seem to not make sense before you start playing, but when you play, it makes sense right. by telling you what they do. So huh. I love this game. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and the next one mm-hmm. is uh, the follow-up, which is, I believe, has just come out here, uh, Castellian. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, again, pronouncing it wrong. It's pronounced Smith. <laughs> um one to two players it's 15 minute gameplay so either they're they're this one i i again i have not played through this yet it's sitting it's, there that's disappointing to me i it's know not, i can see it it's literally sitting right here i, beside I me. just unwrapped it i have not had time to play it i'm so excited to play it though yes. uh the, the the blurb they give is the castle at the center of the universe is under attack the dream denizens of the universe rush to build their castle defense against three monster attacks towers allow you to see what is coming keeps can help minimize damage ranks can reduce the effects of the traitors found inside your walls of course the denizens have special powers of their own to aid in the defense will you be able to survive these attacks castellian is a tile laying game in which you form parts of the castle for defense against monsters each turn you flip over a tile and use it either its special ability or place it as part of your castle the more towers and keeps you form the better your defense against the attacks 
Rank prevents traitorous tiles from affecting you fully. When all three monsters have attacked and you still have a base of six tiles, you win. You know, mm-hmm. same thing, same beautiful, and this one's tiling. Yeah. So I just, uh, again, what do I not like about this? Yes. I, I like all of this. It's, How have you not played this? 15 minutes. How have you not carved out 15 minutes in your life? Yeah, it's been hectic. To play, I'm, yeah. yeah. No, that's, uh, it's inexcusable. And it's upsetting. <laughs> I know. Because until you've played it a few times, I don't get to take it home and play it for myself. There you go. <laughs> oh, we were, we were playing a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. No, it was, I, it's, it looks great. Mm-hmm. I just, I think part of me was like, I know this is going to be phenomenal. Right. So you've, so, so you've tried, wanted to try out the other things because it did arrive in a large box with a lot of things. My son and I were playing a bunch of 1812. Mm. So that took more of my brain. But right. it really didn't. That's a great game. But yeah, it was, I was like, I got to make time. Oh, 1812 wins. Yes. And also, yeah, I wasn't sure if this would be a true one. You know, it mm-hmm. says one to two players, but I don't know if it's co-op mode right i'm assuming it's going to be a probably similar kind be of thing. Similar, yeah uh, i don't know if you can play some verses or what but mm-hmm. um yeah same as sylvian beautiful yep. uh i'm assuming very well thought out little tower defense mechanism i would be shocked if it wasn't good yeah yeah so if you like the idea of like a tower defense app or you know mm-hmm. those kinds of things but you don't want to be on a device all the time yeah this is it i think um, they're light, fun, uh, inexpensive games that are just incredibly beautiful. So when you open up the game, you feel like you're handling, hand, you know, handling something that's just yeah. made with love, yeah. like little folds that open up beautiful little token. It's every detail. Mm-hmm. This is how little games should be made. And at a really reasonable price point. Yes. So they've knocked it out of the park with these. I yeah. don't see how I'm, I can imagine these will be under a lot of trees. Our suggestion is buy both of them. And uh, if you can't find someone to give them to, give them to yourself. Yeah, exactly. You'll be happier for it. You will be. Now, maybe uh, not on the cynical end, but <laughs> it was my cynical description uh, for the oil commodities trader in your life. What are you trying to say about oil commodities traders? They're wonderful people okay. and they enjoy games, Jeff. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right, you've got some interesting ones here. So we'll start with um, the, we'll start with uh, you know what, what I was thinking the other day, James. What's that? You know what the world needs more of? Oh, I don't know. Love Star Wars games. Oh, Same thing. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, Star Wars Rebellion. Here's the blurb: Experience the galactic civil war like never before in Star Wars trademark Rebellion. You control <laughs> you control the entire galactic empire or fledgling rebel alliance. You must command starships, account for troop movements, and rally systems to your cause. Featuring more than 150 plastic miniatures and two game boards that account for 32 of Star Wars Galaxy's most notable systems. Star Wars, trademark Rebellion, features a scope that is as large and sweeping as the Star Wars trademark universe deserves. Trademark. Uh, This is for two to four players. It takes 180 to 240 minutes of playtime. Uh, it was released. It will be released in the beginning of 2016. So you'll need to give them uh, the gift of a pre-order on yeah. this one. Um, now, is this for the oil commodities trader because of the 150 plastic it, miniatures? You figure is. this is going to just drive the price of oil stocks up? Is that is that uh, that's the premise of the whole thing here? I isn't think that's going to keep okay. it afloat. Yeah, the whole oil is not going anywhere. We it's, need it to uh, make games. Like yeah, these. yeah, we'll go all electric, but the 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 games with miniatures in it will drive the entire market. Now I'm, I'm not a miniatures gamer at all or a star Wars gamer. No, but, uh, the, the three games I, you know, went through here, all of three of them, I thought I really would play these. 
Yes. I don't like Star Wars at all. Yes. I, I don't hate it. I just am indifferent. But I thought I saw this and I thought, eh, that looks really good as a game. Mm-hmm. And it's Fantasy Flight. So yeah. you know it's going to be... And it's Fantasy Flight Star Wars, which they haven't, they haven't missed on yet. Yeah. So I agree. To me, like, uh, and I think I'm I'm a bit more of a casual gamer than you. Hmm. I'm, I'm like, this sounds really good until I get to the 180 to 240 minute playtime. I know. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know that I have three hours of my life to dedicate yeah. to anything. Well, that's once you know how to play it. Yes. It's going to be five to six hour initial game. That play. first game. Yeah. That's going to be uh, like, do I want to play Twilight Imperium or do I want to? Yeah. So I. Yeah. I don't know. I, this would it's be tough. a lot to me, of fun. If I'm going to get a Star Wars game other than X-Wing Miniatures, which I'm already playing, it would be Assault. Right. Because I like the role-playing aspect of that more than... Yeah. The, I like the micro level, I think, better than the macro level. Huh. And this is more of a macro controlling the entire empire or the entire rebellion. This seemed like a fun one to play with kids. I could That's see that, yeah. Because of the amount of miniature. It'd just be There's so much going on. But uh, yeah. again, if you, know, if you have kids that like war games and long, yes. <laughs> lengthy, lengthy campaigns. But I could see you breaking this up into a lot of smaller game plays. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, three or four game sessions. So, but... so the fact that it's Star Wars trademark doesn't appeal to you as much as the actual mechanics in the game yeah, on this one? basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah, it looks interesting. I think they're just getting uh, better and better yeah. with these minis games. Um, this excited me, but not as much as the next one, which I... You kind of became obsessed with the next I one. I did. Yeah. And I, it was a lot to not bring myself to order it already. Yes. Um, Blood Rage. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... Oh, I'll read tell the description. Us, tell us about Blood Rage, would you, James? If it doesn't sound good already. In Blood Rage, each player controls their own Vikings clan warriors, leader and ship. Ragnarok has come and it's the end of the world. It's the Vikings' last chance to go down in a blaze of glory and secure their place in Valhalla at Odin's side. For a Viking, there are many pathways to glory. You can evade and pillage the land for its rewards, crush your opponents in epic battles, fulfill quests, increase your clan's status, or even die gloriously, either in battle or from Ragnarok, the ultimate inescapable doom. Okay, that is a cool concept. That is, like, yeah, that is a cool, like, that's it's accessible. It's like, oh, okay, so this is a game about glory. Yeah. It's, and the end is coming. Yeah. So it's get glory or or disappear into nothingness is basically your two options. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I I just was like, everything about it. I just was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, 46 plastic miniatures. That's not that many miniatures. No, but they look cool. <laughs> they do look cool. It's a cool mini or not, I believe, this one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. This one is, yeah. Because um, this was a this was a Kickstarter, I, yep. if I recall. And uh, two to four players, 60 to 90 minute play See time. that? That right yeah. there again. That's the big sell on this one. No, the big sell is the next thing you're going to tell us. Right. It will... That there's already expansions? No, the <laughs> next, the, next thing. The designer is Eric Lang. Yes. Uh, who, you know, he kept saying in interviews that this was a distillation of a lot of ideas he had uh, for this kind of game, and he feels like he nailed it. And yeah. the minute I heard that, I was like, sold. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Because I've not played an Eric Lang game and thought, oh, this was not thought out well. No. Or, oh, this doesn't work. That's something I've never said yeah. in an Eric Lang game. Um, and this does look like, like watching the Kickstarter video for this, I'm like, Oh, they've thought of everything. They have. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, I was, yeah, pretty yeah. excited when I saw this. This It was this, and then it was that other one, The Others. But mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't put that one on the list because it just looked a little too dark right. for this. Right, even for you. Uh, yeah. So you I, chose the Viking death game. I, you know, I thought I'd <laughs> as l- the happier I would play this with kids. <laughs> but it doesn't, yeah. 
it looks not it looks kid friendly ish yeah for a game called blood rage i mean you have to expect a level of violence but it's well, it's, it's gonna be plastic a... on plastic violets yeah so it's not uh visceral and it's it's vikings yeah would you expect anything less it's not going to be picking flowers in the field with vikings no, these yeah. are not vikings that have gone out to to put on horned hats and sing an opera these are yeah. these are the real vikings let's, let's tend to the sheep and be peaceful <laughs> it's like carcassonne but with vikings yes no so i yeah. play that game too yeah. where like the vikings land in nova scotia or newfoundland i mean and uh and it's just about like setting up a village and keeping your Vikings and alive it. and and logging oh, that would be and logging awesome. giant timbers, having a blood rage type cover, but there's no battle. <laughs> just, this is why nobody ever buys our games. Culture, <laughs> peaceful Vikings. Yes, Ragnarok. Oh, it's just a myth. It's not coming. Don't worry. Let's let's tend to the animals. Yeah, that works for me. Um, and the next one, uh, equally as cool sounding. I'm glad you put this one on the list because uh, this is a game I have uh, ever since I got into board games a few years ago. Yeah. And I'd go into a board game store and I've looked and picked up this box. So many times. Dozens of times. And I've almost I've almost bought it equally as many times except for its price point. So <laughs> the game yeah. is Arcadia Quest. It's for two to four players, about 60 minutes in playtime. Uh, and here's the blurb. In Arcadia Quest, players lead guilds of intrepid heroes on an epic campaign to dethrone the Vampire Lord and reclaim the mighty Arcadia for their own. But but only one guild may lead in the end, so players must battle against each other as well as against the monstrous occupying forces. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, You get 37 plastic miniatures in the base. Um, There's a campaign-based game with lots of expansions, a lot of expansions. Uh, heroes level up with new weapons, equipment, and abilities. Uh, relatively quick playtime for this kind of game. Uh, it looks like a lot of smash em up fun for sure. So maybe even more kid friendly uh, than the really, last one. This one's really like this is cutesy. It is. Right? This is like there's dragons and and wolves and things in it, but they're not they're not scary by any stretch of the imagination. They're they're much more um, like more adventure timey, I would yeah. say, than blood ragey. Exactly. No, totally. I don't know how many hurt feelings come out of this one with the the player and player interaction. Yeah, I think playing with kids on this one can be tough because you, you do want to take out your opponents yeah. to win, <laughs> and that's going to be tough. But it's not. But it's not like in Blood Rage, you're probably against each other, um, or is it? Are you against the game in Blood Rage? I, I think you might be against the game. I think you might. I think that is one of the things I enjoyed on the Kickstarter. If I recall, uh, we're probably, yeah. yeah, we might be messing up it with other games as well, but, uh, but yeah. Arcadia quest back to it. It's cute. Yeah. It's fun. Um, I think they, they're doing an app too. I finally. I think hmm. that's, I think Arcadia quest is the one they are, which you can unlock your physical bot stuff in the game, hmm. which is how all apps of physical yes. collectible products <laughs> should be in general. It's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you, uh, if you like minis, yes. those are three possibilities. Um, I, I, those all, I would like to play all of those again. I'm not even a big minis fan, but all no. three of those caught my eye over the time. And I've yes. just been like, Oh, I want to, but I'm terrified because they are expansion heavy often. They are, which is cool. Yeah. But also there's so many board games and then you got to find a spot to store your minis. Yeah. That's the other, and that's the other and one. Justify getting it out a lot. And yes. I try to buy less plastic, but those ones, eh, you're going to play a lot. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the thing. I think especially with the the shorter game times on mm-hmm. uh, Arcadia Quest and Blood Rage. Yeah, those, uh, those hours are about perfect for me. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get good at those, yeah, it'll be a quick hour. Mm-hmm. 
All right, on to the next category. Um, if you're not into, you know, battling or greed or whatever, there's always for the storyteller. Because, mm. um, you know, games that tell stories seem to be a big thing right now. Storytelling yeah. as a concept in gameplay. Or maybe the friendly giant is on your Christmas list. It could be. You buy something for him. You never know. Because he's a storyteller. Uh, did they have the friendly giant in the States or was that I just a Canadian do. thing? I think it was a Canadian thing. Oh, it was about a giant that told stories to you. And then at the end of the, every episode, rearranged his furniture and left uh, like a rocking chair for you to sit in or something. Yeah. Well, look, and he had, a, he had a gentle, soothing voice. If you like flute music and you... you Enjoy you, looking up. You never want to get up. the uh, the sound out of your head again. Because uh, once you hear it, boy, it's going to be stuck. I love that show. It was a great show. Yeah. But anyway, yes, if <laughs> if he was on your list. Yes, I would I would get him these games. Yes. Um, first up is the uh, Tales and Games series from Yellow Games. Uh, the, they all look fun. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all, they've all done quite well and they're well reviewed. Um, the latest is Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, one to five players, 20 minute playtime, ages seven and up. Uh, in one game mode, the players cooperate to try and reach Grandma's house before the wolf can spot them. In the second game mode, one player takes on the role of the wolf. Um, these games, they look light, fun, have high replayability. Some reviewers loved it. Some didn't care for it. Uh, I wonder if it's just part of it is that it's aimed at a age group they're not yeah. you know, thinking about. Because um, I could see playing this with my kids. Absolutely. Um, so if you're buying this for kids or someone with kids, it's worth taking, taking a look at, even if not this game, mm -hmm. the whole series. Uh, it sounds like a really cool little... Because, mm -hmm. again, a lot of the titles we've talked about, they're not all necessarily aimed at kids. It depends on your kids. Yes. But uh, Yellow puts out so many great titles. So. They really do, yeah. Um, so that's a, a quick one. Uh, now we have uh, another one that's going to be for the storyteller, Jeff. This one has intrigued me mm -hmm. since I first store it. Uh, it's Time Stories, or I guess technically... T period, I period, M period, E story, period stories. It's Timmy? I don't know. Uh, it's for two to four players. It takes 60 to 90 minutes. Uh, and it's recommended for ages 16 and up because of some more mature themes hmm. that uh, happen in it. So uh, the description on this one, I think, goes for about seven pages. So if you have yeah. to go to the bathroom yeah, we'll and you, you, uh, you know about this, you could go now. Do, 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 do. I guess they could have just hit pause. So you probably. Oh, technology. Huh. Anyway, uh, here we go. Here's the description. Oh, God. My mouth is going dry just looking at all this text. <laughs> okay. The Time Agency protects humanity by preventing temporal faults and paradoxes from threatening the fabric of our universe. As temporal agents, you and your team will be sent into the bodies of beings from different worlds or realities to successfully complete the missions given to you. Failure is impossible, as you will be able to go back in time as many times as required. Time Stories is a narrative game, a game of dexploration. Each player is free to give their characters as deep a role as they want in order to live through a story as much in the game as, yeah, as, as much in the game as around the table. Okay, so they're going to live through a story as much in the game as around the table. I see, okay. <laughs> but it's also a board game with rules which allow for reflection and optimization. At the beginning of the game, the players are at their home base and receive their mission briefing. The object is then to complete it in as few attempts as possible. The actions and movements of the players will use temporal units, the quantity of which depend on the scenario and the amount of players. Each attempt is called a run. One run equals the use of all the temporal units at the player's disposal. When the TU reaches zero, the agents are recalled to the agency and restart the scenario from the beginning, armed with the experience. 
The object of the game is to make the perfect run while solving all the puzzles and overcoming all of the scenario's obstacles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds intriguing. It's the concept is phenomenal. The idea of you you uh, basically you you play out a little. It's almost like improv, but you're yeah. improving with cards instead of other people. It seemed like another attempt to do the GMless game. Mm-hmm. Um, some reviewers love this game. Yeah, and some did not like it at all. Yes, uh, and it's a love hate game for sure. There's, there's not a lot of middling. More love than not, though. But yeah. based on everything I'm seeing up till now, it seems to be getting a lot of positive reaction. Mm-hmm. Everyone's excited about it. I think it's a unique experience. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, the mechanics seem really interesting, like I, or novel at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, you know the first one's the asylum theme. The second one's that uh, post-apocalyptic theme. And they, they were accused of being a little bit too popular. And then other people said, well... What else are they supposed to do? That's popular. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's selling a game. <laughs> so I don't know what, you know, what the take is there. Um, there's expansions that are seem kind of essential to the game. Mm-hmm. I think there's some concern about the price point of the base game and its limited replayability. Yeah. But then the expansions are less expensive. And if you kind of amortize the cost mm-hmm. of the game over, say, minimum of one or more expansions. Yeah. The cost of the base game comes down and your price per hour also isn't that bad you can also look at it as with limited replayability you're gonna buy the game you're gonna then resell the game yeah or just share it with somebody give it to yeah give it to someone else i mean the chances of the and how many games do you own that you have only played maybe once (laughs) anyway like worst case you know you hate this idea after you play it and you're like well that was that was 50 bucks also it's a bad movie that you saw yeah you know like it's i don't know why people are concerned about that necessarily it's not the uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's not optimal. But at, at the end of the day, it does something unique in the yeah. board game space, exactly. which there should be more of. Yeah, uh, the concept is excellent, and uh, even if you don't like the stories being told in what's out there now, yeah. the the ability to tell more stories is it's pretty infinite. They can tell anything they want within this world. Exactly, so, uh, and maybe. it seems like the first two they were really trying to pick very you know different concepts mm-hmm. to, to illustrate that so mm-hmm. they went with popular stuff people are familiar with and just the concept of the game itself was enough to introduce yeah. i think adding a layer of a, a new concept mm-hmm. might have been a bit much so it's like give them something they know yes in a wrapper that they are unfamiliar with so that seemed like a good idea i think yeah, if i, think I was so. trying to design a game like this that would be my go-to mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know I'm, I'm intrigued by it i don't know that i'm necessarily that excited but i'm intrigued yeah. I kind of, I want to try it. Yes. Yes, I think both of us are looking at each other going, the other guy's going to buy that game, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't th- I don't feel like I would buy this and regret it. I think it's just you'd have to have a solid game group or yeah. you know, people that you game with that you know you're going to go through a few expansions with. Mm-hmm. And I would go into this assuming I'm going to buy expansions. Yes. Um, but Which I, I do with a lot of games already. Yeah. Yeah, so... I, yeah, I don't think, and I don't know, it's weird because there's so much emphasis on replayability and stuff now Yeah, that I think it's hard for people to imagine buying a one-off. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but a cool game, check like it out. We're both, yeah. <laughs> as we go into ponderous territory. All you right. know what it is, is I think we're hungry. Yes. Well, that might be it. Well, we should end on a, uh, a food-based category. Oh, I love it. Yes, for the, uh, the food lover. 
The first one is an easy, obvious go-to. Yes. Yeah. Crowd favorite, if ever there was one. Sushi Go. Mm. 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 Uh, you probably have heard of this game. Two to five players, 15-minute gameplay, uh, all ages. Uh, my five-year-old plays this. Anybody can play yep. this. Um, I'll give you the blurb. In the fast, uh, super fast sushi card game, Sushi Go, you are eating at a sushi restaurant and trying to grab the best combination of sushi dishes as they whiz by. Score points for collecting the most sushi rolls or making a full set of sash- sashimi. Dip your favorite nigiri in wasabi or triple its value. And once you've eaten it all, finish your meal with the pu- all the pudding you've got. But be careful which sushi you allow your friends to take. It might just be that they need to beat you. Um... It's super fast, super yeah. inexpensive, and it introduces people to card drafting. So if you want to go and play Seven Wonders or other games that are, you know, introduce that in maybe a little bit more um, thorough or sophisticated yeah. way, this is a great way to get grandma into it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We don't we don't pull it out as much as we did initially, but we l- had a lot of fun with yes. it. Yes. And it's still a go to with our youngest because yeah. she gets it. No, this is a game uh, I took camping. Yeah, because it's super easy. You don't need a lot of real estate. No, um, everybody can play. It can handle lots of different group sizes, so it's great for that. Yeah, um, and we found if you because uh, you you take your cards at the end, and you flip it over, that if you say Sue, she go before you flip it over, uh, uh, it makes the little kids go crazy. <laughs> it ups the fun factor by about a million. Awesome. Uh, so, because who doesn't like to shout things out loud? It's true. <laughs> yes. So this could uh, really have gone in our our next episode of Top Forty yeah, Evergreen it's Games, a, but it's it's a, just a great food game. Yeah, yeah, it's not a game you're gonna play and go like, oh, I've learned so much about game playing, and I'm a better person at playing games now than I was before. But you're never gonna end a game going like, oh God, I'm glad that's over. Oh, you learned about card drafting if you have never done it. Yes, we like it, and it's pretty. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, the next one on our our food one, yeah, is and I think this is easily the the biggest food game there is. I think so. Fury of Dracula, third edition. Yes. Mm. This is for two to five players. Uh, it's a uh, 120 to 180 minute gameplay. Um, and this is another FFG game, or I guess now it's an FFG game because they're publishing the third edition. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here comes the blurb. The most notorious vampire of all rises again in this third edition of Fury of Dracula, a board game of deduction and Gothic horror based on Bram Stoker's classic novel. One player player takes control of the legendary Count Dracula as he stealthily crosses Victorian-era Europe, spreading his diabolical vampirism everywhere he goes. Up to four other players govern Mina Harker and her determined companions as they try to locate and destroy the fiendish Count before he plunges Europe into horrific darkness. But in this heated game of cat and mouse... The hunted prey may also be preying on his hunters. Any day's travel might bring the hunters to Dracula's location. On any night, the Count may attack. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, It sounds super fun and yeah. uh, super refined. It, I mean, it's one of those classic games yeah. that works, and that's why it's... Now, you know, how many different publishers has this had over the years? Yeah. Well, the first, uh, 1987 is the original. There um, you go. So, yeah, it it sounds like they've, it's kind of, it, I don't know, it's as close to perfect as it's going to get, I would mm-hmm. think. I mean, I'm sure they always find new things as gameplays 
evolves over the years to find a new audience. But yeah, yeah. It, it sounds. Re- I don't know. I, I definitely want to play this. And I, I'm not, again, not nope. a huge fan of vampires. No, neither am I. I do. I like cat and mouse type games. I like games where, yeah. where you make decisions, but you're playing against another human who's making decisions. That's always better than, than uh, trying to rig up some sort of system yeah. to, to go against. You can't math out a human is I guess what I'm trying to exactly. say. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, this, and it's, it's on the longer side, but mm-hmm. it also accommodates, you know, two to five players. Um, and I, yeah, I think we're always with fantasy flight, you always, you know, you're going to get a pretty good game experience. And yeah. as, uh, I think the, uh, Ludology podcast put it, uh, with fantasy flight, you may also want to wait until the second or third edition <laughs> until, because you know, they make amazing games, but sometimes there's some rough edges that need to get, but they, right. they do a great job of putting out a second edition mm-hmm. that makes the game almost perfect. So yeah, I'm always excited when I see these. Especially yes. the, the later editions, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be good." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's it for the the food category, and that's it for all of them. I uh, for now, for now, <laughs> yes. I think next week we'll try and do a uh, more of a a light approach. Um, you know, smaller games that might be, I don't know, more fun for everyone, <laughs> more top forty. Because some of these, I don't know if you would buy these for your aunt and uncle. Or no, these no. are these are more probably for gamers or for people who are. By the way, feel free to buy any of them for us. Absolutely, uh, yeah. any of the ones we said we haven't. Got. We don't both own Sushi Go, so that's uh, that's fine. You don't need yeah, to send no. us that, but uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, if you want to send us Blood Rage, yeah, yeah, we'll, we're all for that. Send it through the internet to breakingdads.com. Yes. Breakingdads.com. Breakingdads.com. Let us know any of the games that you're looking at uh, as gifts this Christmas, if there's any I've missed. There's so many games that came out this year. Yes. Uh, It was hard to choose through some of them. And I just can, you know, I came up with some pretty abstract categories because it was really hard to corral them. Yes. So much goodness. Uh, Until next week, I guess. Happy gaming. I've been James. And I'm still Jeff.